0: Welcome to Beerfield, where we take longer to set up the show notes, and this show is probably gonna take. I am your host at Beerfield Hop, as always, joined by Fear Beerfield Fear Fearfield Thury. Yeah, no, that ain't right. You're not full of fear, I don't think. Not fueled by fear. Well, I it's guess been, if, it's
1: it's been that type of off season so far.
0: I guess if you're a, I can't make that joke. I don't think. No, probably not. No, nope, probably can't.
1: I I know. I know where you're going with it without even you. Yeah. yeah. So you say I don't want to go there. I'm like, "You know, No, no, probably. There. If I think we shouldn't go there, we yeah. probably See, I've been there once and it was it got pretty dicey. So <laughs> We
0: <laughs>
1: we don't got to go there.
0: Yeah, we probably shouldn't go there if I don't feel right going there. Um lot to get to. We got a lot of trades. We've got a lot of free agent moves and that's what this whole show is going to be. Uh we have ideas for shows and stuff. We just didn't execute on any of them this week and sometimes it'd be like that. Uh, but before we get started, some things to get to. Socials again, Beerfield, uh, on Twitter. Beerfield Podcast on YouTube. It's where you can come interact with us live. I've. And Dan even sometimes tweets up the link. Tiss tiss can't hit. Nudge nudge. I did. I do it every link, week. Link. Um so we got that going for us. Uh, we have a show page now. If you want to go read about us and eventually maybe some other stuff, FFFaceoff.com, There's a link for Beerfield under their podcast section, as we are now part of the Faceoff Sports Network of of shows. So, as you notice, that didn't change much. We just kind of have a marketing arm now and some guys to talk to. Um, new friends, new Very friends, nice. new friends. Speaking of new friends, we. Uh new friends and old friends on the Superflex Super Show this past Thursday. Um find that on our socials again that's Beerfield Hop with 2P's Beerfield 30 or Beerfield on Twitter. Uh we sat down with our buddy John Hogue, who was on the show a couple weeks ago uh as well as the guys from Rookie Fever and had a great uh, rookie mock draft with toddler rules super entertaining episode. Um there is no order. John was making up the rules as we went putting us all on the spot. A lot of great discussion. If you want to jumpstart on rookies or a preview of what we're going to be getting to here within the next two to three weeks. So um, be sure to check that out again. Really great. Listen, didn't, does not disappoint either. If you like two hour podcast, because that's what happened. Yep. Um, some non NFL news before we start drinking. Uh, well, first off some NFL news. Um, Urban Meyer not knowing who Aaron Donald was is uh, pretty wild, ain't it? The man's only been terrorizing
1: terrorizing offensive lines and quarterbacks since, what, 2009?
0: 11? No, 11. Well, he talked to his Nine former so players to get scouting reports and stuff, and still had to ask who 99 was. So, I mean, guy was clearly cut out to be an NFL, NFL uh, coach, slash GM. A new report from The Athletic came out. If you've been under a rock, go read it. it Kinda of details a lot of Urban Meyer's misdeeds that led to his exit from Jacksonville. Um, by the way, Athletic were not sponsored by them, but a great way to spend like two ninety nine a month. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um but yeah, uh, kicking kickers and the team not even realizing he wasn't on the team flight, belittling coaches, belittling players. Just yeah. Seems really fun at parties.
1: Seems like a guy that...
0: Not egotistical you know, at all. Not like you would share a beer with. Trying to get fired.
1: No, he's just he just really wants to see you thrive.
0: Yeah, total cluster. He's going to bring out the best in everyone. There is running back <laughs> yeah. coach under the bus for the James Robinson situation. Uh, pretty good. And in disc golf news, uh, Eagle McMahon potentially dealing with a torn labrum. Ooh. Has not played since um, Vegas where he could not throw Aww. his backhand, uh, or could not throw his forehand, reason being that uh, the Texas courses are apparently pretty forehand demanding. So without having that, he is getting an MRI done, um, looking into different therapy reasons. Diego McMahon on the show, one of the brightest stars in, in disc golf. Still young, so, um, but still could throw backhand in play, but definitely that'll affect her forehand, which is a lot of a baseball motion.
1: And when you're a professional player You get some torn livelihood, you don't wanna
0: you don't wanna risk
1: further injury. And uh you know, disc golf the the stars of disc golf, especially the top end, are starting to finally make some actual significant cash. Getting some pretty big contracts s- from yeah, you gotta start you gotta start these guys gotta start thinking about, you know, their future and, and making sure, I mean, as you said, McMahon's got a lot of time. To play he'll be he is he'll be fine The new but... he's a new mcbath he'll eventually overtake mcbath in that spot as the true old g but unlike baseball in a, we're in a great we're in a world great spot for disc golf to be a disc golf fan oh, we are
0: uh dickerson's played well and some guys some other guys starting to emerge so we are in a good spot for that uh other thing with disc golf here is that because if you're a fan of ours you're going to be a fan a fan of disc golf that's just what we're doing now um, you're welcome it'll, It the forehand's a tool in your toolbox it's not your whole game for most players so you know the it's a little easier to play full, through because you can kind of avoid that but you still gotta rest it right and heal it right so yeah yep. shout out to you good luck to him alright as always before we get started what's fueling beer fuel? Dan.
1: I am drinking one of my absolute favorite yearly yearly uh barrel days releases. This is odd size oh rye rye hipster brunched out. Are you drinking that too? No, come on, please tell me you're drinking that. That's amazing. And,
0: uh, no, I forgot to take the intro graphic off of YouTube. So we were just <laughs> talking over a black screen with no video. Uh you can see us now, YouTube. <laughs> Oh, we've only been doing
1: this for 381 episodes. You have had the uh, 380. You have same difference at this
0: point. <laughs> you, uh, have had this one on before, I think, though. Not this year's I'm... release, obviously, but no, no.
1: If I have, it's, it's been a while. It's, it's, it's my, one of my absolute favorite barrel Age releases. Again, for those now, with the, uh, the graphic up, they actually changed. They used to do, uh, 12 ounce bottle releases. Uh, they have moved to now 12 ounce cans and so in, in four packs. Um one of the very few barrel aged beers i could buy in a four pack and not f- and not feel like i'm getting too much cuz um absolutely phenomenal uh real quick this is imperial Cell brewed with rye malt aged in rye whiskey barrels with maple syrup coffee and bacon um outside out of michigan does fantastic beers um in their barrel aged program it's generally spot on um if you get a chance to find this in the wild which shouldn't be too hard if you're in the midwest i highly recommend picking this up thankfully i was at a benny's and champagne last week and they had it and i squeal like a little girl because i was so
0: excited all right i i realize i've been doing beer education every week like i said i was gonna do through the Styles and everything. Uh, so I'm drinking from the brewery a Rue Keller Dunkel. So Bavarian-style Dunkel lager. Uh, for those unfamiliar, a Dunkel is a traditional malty-brown lager from Bavaria. Deeply toasted, bready malt flavors without any roasty or burnt. So toasty, but not roasty or burnt. Um, smooth and rich with a restrained bitterness and a relatively dry finish that allows for drinking in quantity. Uh, it's a deep copper color. Um, soft on the palate, some caramel can have. Uh, usually low hop aroma, and it was developed at Spaten in the Spaten Spaten in the 1830s after the development of Munich malt. Seen as a successor to dark regional beers of the time, while originating in Munich, became popular throughout Bavaria. So basically, it's a dark German beer that's designed to not have some of the roasty or toasty flavors of malt or the super sweet flavors of porter. A lot of toast that you get off of some of those uh, German malts. So we'll give her a drink. See what we think. And now... (laughs) Free Agent Friendly. I miss the old drops i'm not gonna lie that's i know we've kind of so i'm bringing some of them back as we i mean use them
1: that one you know because you used to make them used to really really you know go hard and spend a lot of time making them for the you know for the five minutes that you do can't, that one was yeah. always been one
0: of my favorites can't just let them go by the the wayside <laughs> if i've got some good ones left over and it's real fun for me because i don't remember what half of them are at this i know point, right so. it's
1: been it's it's been so long i mean you know, thank you to the ballers for giving us the idea of of right of constantly bombarding. <laughs> One day, listeners. I'll spend $40
0: drops. and get another sampling program where I can put a bunch more of those together. <laughs> in the meantime, San Francisco. Me get Nick back. Yeah. San Francisco, re-signed Jeff Wilson. Undisclosed contract. He is immediately sliding in again as the Elijah Mitchell backup at AST. So more of the same there. Yep. Uh, first big move we'll talk about, the Dolphins. Acquired wide receiver Tyreek Hill for five picks from the Chiefs. A first, a second, and a fifth and twenty two, and do a fourth and a sixth and twenty-three. Then re signed four years hundred and twenty million. Dolphins. Now I have Tyreek Hill and Cedric Wilson and Jalen Waddell and Devontae Parker. So you can't I forgot say, about Cedric Wilson. Yeah, you cannot say that they're not giving two a weapons here.
1: I really like what McDaniels is doing too. Like he's He's building the smaller versions of Debo and Ayuk. That's exactly disc- what he's
0: doing with, with Waddle and Hill.
1: Yeah, and, and then using you know, Cedric Wilson as, you know, as his main outside threat. Obviously, they've improved their offensive line. I believe they signed Tyron uh, They Tiran did Armstrong. sign Tyron as well. Armstrong. Yeah, yeah, Armstrong five Armstead Five years, from the 75 States.
0: million top tackle on the market.
1: Yeah, and now you're going to get Tua, who should have a better offensive line and more weapons to so work deep. This is great for everybody. And they already very loaded AFC conference. Um, I don't know if this moves the needle, which oddly enough, this moved the needle for me much on the Dolphins as a whole in that division. Cause you still have the Bills and the Patriots, but
0: with three wild fantasy, cards, man, though. it's going to
1: be, I know it, it's going to be from what the Raiders did, from what the Broncos have done, from the moves the Chargers have made. And now the Chiefs, the Chiefs already had the worst roster in that division as a whole. And it made it even more like I, I don't think anyone would be shocked if the Chiefs don't make the playoffs. It, yeah. And not because they're bad, it's just because that's how good the AFC is are now.
0: Well what you're seeing here is a philosophical shift is as well, I think, with the pieces that they've added. You can tell that they do want to work, you know, if they're gonna use their receivers, they're gonna stretch the field a lot like San Francisco did. But you you're right. They bring in versions of of Ayuk, and they bring in versions of of Debo. You know, Tyreek Hill is a smaller but more athletic variant of what Debo can be. You've got Waddle, who can play an IU type role. Gaseki who can kind of play the Kittle-type role. And there's some nice synergies here. But you can tell that they want to stretch the field. Deep ball completion percentage for Tua was number one, just 50%, though. um, Because they didn't work the ball deep a lot. They were 30th in air yards. So, or Tua was 30th in air yards. So... You know, you can tell that there's going to be a ph- philosophical change towards getting the ball downfield. We don't know, and I don't expect this to be high volume, though. So it's going to have to be highly efficient.
1: Well, you know, they all said Chase Edmonds.
0: Yep. You know, we'll talk about Raheem
1: Mostert. You talk about him now. We might as well just talk about the Dolphins. let talk soul. about the Dolphins. Uh, it, it, it's, I mean, McDaniels is bringing forth the offense that he helped run with, you know, you know, with Kyle Shanahan with the Niners, and it just makes—I mean, with the conference, the AFC conference being this good, it just makes more fantasy points happen, right? You know, better quarterbacks, better offenses between each other generally lead to more scoring, right? You're going to have more shootouts. No matter how good the defense is at times, you're just going to have more efficient offenses. And when you have potential yak monsters and and Waddle and Hill and Kaseki being one of the most athletic tight ends to work to see him, and and for the red zone. It, you know, the Dolphins go down with two, uh, they have Chase Edmonds who can play all three downs and play, you know, particularly well, it, it, it's, uh, no excuse this year. Right. And, um, I guess it is, it,
0: they should be a fun team to watch. Well, on the yak game is probably going to be part of it. And the screen game is probably going to be a big part of it. Cause even the Niners didn't, you know, you know, they take shots, but they didn't work the ball that deep either. Garoppolo was just 29th yeah. in deep ball attempts one ahead of Tua, who threw 28 in a 50% completion rate. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this evolves, how this develops. The only thing concerning about me for this passing game right now is what's the volume going to look like? Because other than that, the weapons are there. The line is in place. Tua was second in protection, rate, So the line's in place. The pieces are there can they capitalize on that now And that's going to be totally to his challenge because if he can't then they can't they're not going to waste the rest of waddles rookie contract they're going to go out and do something at quarterback to take advantage of those offensive pieces that they've added you know they still have on that roster too, devonta parker <laughs> yeah Devonte parker is still there <laughs> which he i'm sure he'll be
1: traded or he'll be cut because mm-hmm. there's absolutely no reason for no reason to keep know, him to be there in his contract but yeah, it, it's gonna. I would assume Kiseki's gonna be more touchdown. He's he's gonna be very 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 hit or miss. Um, I still like Waddle. I think he'll still gonna be probably slightly over drafted. too, maybe slightly over drafted in single QB leagues. It's gonna be a great option in super flex still because he's still mm-hmm. very very safe with the football. Now you just added and we we'll monsters. So. And
0: we'll see where the ADP falls in redraft very, for Tua yeah. because if he falls, Absolutely. you know, back towards those late single-digit rounds, then you start maybe thinking with the offense he has and some of the rushing floor that that could be more of a value than an overdraft. So it's just going to depend on where he lands there. Um, For Dynasty, uh, this does hurt, I think, Hill's value a bit. He's losing Patrick Mahomes, and you don't increase your Dynasty value by going from Patrick Mahomes to, to Attack of Aloha. Um, You know, it... it Again, we talked about this being a little bit of a disappointing landing spot for Cedric Wilson. This does not help that, and we'd also talked on the show a bit about uh, the hopes that we had for Jalen Waddle in being able to work further downfield uh, with the same volume that he had, and this also kind of hurts that a bit as well. So, you know, overall, this is a great NFL move. It's great for the Dolphins. I have some concerns about what this does. For their fantasy upside. And again, that's all volume related. So that, that I could be proven wrong with that, but you know, the 49ers were not a, a pass heavy team. They weren't a high volume team. They were, were a highly efficient team. And even though Debo was exceptional, Ayuk was, I think, slightly disappointing for people most weeks. So it, it and Kittle, was very hit or miss last year so i am I'm, I'm very concerned from a dynasty perspective for these guys long term as of right now i don't want to say super concerned but very concerned is probably not the white, white, right way to put that but i do not think that this was an improvement for any of them from a dynasty perspective it's it's definitely like you had you know like you said it's not an
1: improvement for tyree kill you know as you mentioned he moves from a home to two I don't know if there's a quarterback that he could have moved to, like even guys like Josh
0: Allen, Justin Herbert, it
1: there's would some, have made a difference. There's some that would have been close,
0: but I mean,
1: it wouldn't, it would have helped, but you're losing, not only losing the quarterback, you're losing the chemistry. I will buy the, the, any waddle dip. He's got multiple years of built chemistry with two dating back to college. He's familiar. This offense He's going to still be operating under. Um, and what we could end up seeing is just, yes, maybe a slight less of influx and in targets, mm-hmm. but we're still going to see a lot of those targets go to the main two. It's, it's got to be those two with some Gusecki and we know Tua can support or we know in today's NFL, you get a high efficient offense. You're going to see multiple wide receivers supported. There's been, there's games, I believe last year where you both had Ayuk and Debo were both fantastic and Kittle. It's rare. Sure, but it's not a death sentence for either. Hill will probably still get slightly overdrafted. We'll see how the ADP falls in. And I'll, I'll, I'll buy the Waddle dips. Oh yeah. Like it's going to be like, he, like it's going to take some time for 2 1 Hill to get that belt in chemistry and just to see how the offense, you know, fully functions with Mike McDaniels. So it, it, it's,
0: yeah, but I want that Waddle all day. Yeah, and I'm not saying, and my point wasn't to say it was a death sentence for for anyone because you know it's not that Ayuk wasn't productive necessarily, but I think the the hit the hit here for Waddle, and I completely agree with your point that I would buy the dip because of the chemistry. Um, but I think the hit here for Waddle is that the volume, if he increased his a dot, had him sniffing wide receiver. You know, uh, not the wide receiver one, but wide receiver one top tier yeah, no, no, top 12 I don't, I don't. value and dynasty. And now with Hill there, that volume isn't going to hit. So, you know, it's a drop, but you're right. It's important to quantify the drop. And that's not like he's in wide receiver three range. Now it's uh, he kind of falls back into mid wide receiver two range. And you got to wait a bit to see how this shakes out, what that volume is going to be. Because, you know, right now you're taking away the volume and you still have the super low a dot from last year in an offense with a coordinator that hasn't shown that they're going to give a ton of a dot. And that's the part that's a little concerning to me, but I agree. You, you buy the dip and see what happens. He's still young. You showed that he can handle the volume that he can stay on the field. We know how athletic he is. And there's still a ton of upside there.
1: Yeah. And you know, you're going to get some of that growing pains with ill, you know, we yeah. can date back and look at Stefan Diggs going to Buffalo as base at, as seen this many trades for one player. Diggs went to a very wide open receiving core Well, Hill still has to compete with the options that are already there. And that's kind of the knock on that
0: too, because he was in a very wide open receiving core. I mean, he had Kelsey, but from a wide receiver, it was Hill. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the flip side of this for the chiefs too. We'll talk about them more when we get to the Juju news, but Hill is no longer the only mouth there too. So, his target volume probably takes a hit for the exact same reasons as Waddles does. And that's, for Dynasty, that's, you know, that's not fantastic. Yeah. All right, I already talked about Armstead. Uh, Tampa Bay re-signed Leonard Fournette, three-year deal, $21 million. He was effectively their lead back down the stretch last year. No Ronald Jones anymore. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn to be his backup. Look, he's... he's A locked and loaded he was the RB five last year, I think. So he's a locked and loaded running back one, at least for this year. If you're competing, do what I did last year. Go put together a trade package for that. He's gonna get the volume, he's gonna get the opportunity, he's gonna get the majority of the work. Beyond that, we'll see. We'll see what Brady does after the season. He's Fournette, tied to Tampa. We know we can work in this offense, so for this year. With the core pieces of that offense back in place again, and Gronk potentially coming back too, um, you got another year, Lenny, uh, of RB one, Lenny, basically. And just how the contract's structured for Lenny,
1: he he's going to be a buck for, you know, for this year and next. You know, they're trying to probably line it up with, you know with Tampa Tom here and trying to, you know, keep the core pieces in place. They re-sign uh, God, Godwin. Godwin. They still got Evans. You can bring the allure of, a free agents here. Cause you get to play with Tom Brady
0: and Godwin also on a three-year deal. So it makes yeah. you wonder if, if, you know, they're anticipating Brady potentially beyond this year with, I mean, those signings. So I believe all Brady's deal was,
1: it's just a bunch of void years. So it's basically yeah. Brady just gets to make the, The decisions on its own, and for as long as he's there, Mm -hmm. he's you know he's prolonging, he's helping the the Bucks prolong that you know their own dead cap, their own guaranteed money yet with these void years and allowing, you know, time to be able to have or allowing the Bucks to have you know the flexibility potentially you know to bring back these key players. You know the opposite of
0: Aaron Rodgers.
1: Yeah, (laughs) absolutely right. Yeah, there's there's still some question marks off. You know, on the offensive line, losing both guards is just still very important,
0: especially in uh, the running game. Jensen's coming back. They did not lose Jensen. Jensen is coming back. It was captain, um, so they only lost captain. That was
1: just well. I thought they lost their center. I thought might, I thought Jensen was their center, uh, and they lost both because they lost. They might. Have,
0: you might be right. Hold on. They
1: lost Kappa to the Bengals, and then their other guard retired. Oh yeah, and Jensen that's what it was. Marpet resigned.
0: retired. Jensen was their center. Yeah. Well, I mean, which is still very important. Uh, it is, especially for the running game and the way that Fournette runs up the middle, basically. So we'll have to see what they do there at the guard positions right now. Um, Maybe just more passes for oh,
1: Fournette, who had a healthy amount of targets. They signed last year.
0: Shaq Mason out of New England. So they did replace one of their guards. Okay. At least with quality. Yeah. So they no, went- no,
1: they're they should be in good place still. They should be fine. And then, I mean, if there, if there's any issues, it's still, you know, he still catches the football and it's still Tom Brady leading this offense. So Lenny's good for at least another year or two. And, uh, as you said, potential RB one, right? Yep. It's got that upside that offense is going, it's going to score a lot of points and no more Ronald Jones, Keyshawn Vaughn still there, but he's just going to be a backup. Um, He'll get sprinkled in a little bit more than he did last year, but.
0: Yeah, Embraith, the primary blocking tight end, just yeah. restructured <laughs> his deal. So. And they have Russell Gage, because who cares? Who cares? They also re signed Paramount, in case. Congratulations, <laughs> we just covered all the bucks On to the Falcons. Uh, I guess we gotta talk about two things. You know what? We're gonna wait on that. Okay. I didn't put this in any order and it shows. <laughs> yeah, we're Sorry. gonna wait on that one. Bill signed Jamison Crowder to a 1-year deal worth 2 million after cutting Cole Beasley. This is purely depth in my opinion. Um you'll still have Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox. They also signed O.J. Howard to a 1-year deal, which I did not realize until today. Yeah. I think I think Crowder is going to be the starting slot
1: receiver. You know we talked about when McKenzie got signed it was the contract felt I mean from From what I was hearing, the contract felt more like a special teams. He's very good at special teams. Crowder offers, obviously offers, you know, great, you know, better, you know, veteran leadership role within that offense. And then is able to kind of just. And they're two very different types
0: of players, even though they're both slot size. I mean, Crowder is more your reliable route runner going to work over the middle of the field. You know, still does not take away from the expanded role. You'll pr- $2 million is not going to take away from the expanded role that we expect for Dawson Knox in that regard. And then McKenzie's more of a, you know, shifty, gadgety, speed type guide, or you can really rotate those two around if you want to. So I am very interested to see what role
1: these tight ends have. I don't think Knox is going to have. I think his role is the same. You know, red zone threat. That's gonna get five targets a game. And if he's healthy, he's 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 fine to catch, you know, you know, some of those touchdowns. He's it's a low one money. of your traditional, you know, low end tight end ones that's that's gonna be fueled by touchdowns.
0: It's a low money deal for for OJ Howard, so I I would not be surprised if Knox does see a target or two a game bump, which is enough to put you into that. Kind of second tier tight ends.
1: Um, I I am still not. I mean,
0: maybe, but I mean, if you're talking about
1: expanded roles for also, you know, Gabe Davis, you know, I know those guys are supposed to be replacing Emmanuel well, Sanders and yeah. Cole Beasley, but I don't know how much Knox is going to be. It's it's going to you know be increased by it, especially if, especially if it's ADP jumps. Then I'm not going to have any of Knox.
0: Well, I think his. ADP jumping won't have anything to do with this target volume, but but no, I mean, no, I, I, I know but it's I just, just the way you know. said it, but I don't the the target volume jumping by let's see we are going to look at this real quick because why not we're trying to fill a show out here right yeah right so Beasley is vacating 112 targets I which I did not I, realize honestly, he exactly. had. I did not realize he had that many. I don't think Crowder comes in and takes 112 targets. And then Sanders is vacating. So Sanders is vacating another 72. So you've got 180-ish vacant targets there, if you assume relatively level. And if you give, this is kind of how my projections go. So you got 180-ish vacated targets between Sanders and Beasley leaving. And then you had 63 that went to Gabe Davis. So if you were to put him, if you were to give him, let's say, half of those Sanders targets, that puts him at 100-plus targets, which should be enough to put him over 1,000 yards the way that they use him. And over 17 games, that's 17 games, right? 17-game regular season? Yep. So he basically needs to add two targets a game, does Gabe Davis. 180 targets a game divided by 17. You've got basically 10 targets a game available. I think it's reasonable to think that one target a game more, two targets a game more out of those 10 per game go to Dawson Knox.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe I, I, again, it, it's <laughs> Knox only Knox only commanded thirteen percent target share. Davis commanded ten, and uh, yeah, you, you know we get to see both Sanders and Beasley leave. They resigned McKenzie. They brought in Crowder, who who is a far better slot receiver than Beasley. Let's let's not get that twisted, and who is also who could also still command, you know, you know. You know, some of his own volume. I'm not saying he's going to get all the Beasley target. He, he may get more. Beasley and Isaiah
0: yeah. McKenzie are damn near the same size.
1: They're what, 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, they're both tiny, aren't they? I, yeah. I I want to say they're both super Beasley's tiny. Beasley's
0: 5'8", 177. And he had 19.3% target share, by the way. Beasley did. and number same- 2 It's got to be number two, I'm assuming, on the roster. Because Diggs wow. is still, obviously, heavy volume. And Sanders had 13.8. So Beasley had, you know, so. Someone's got to get a bump. That. Yeah, I mean, there's Unless 20 plus receiver. percent of your target share sitting out there for somebody to have. And I am thinking that gets spread out. What did I say? Target share equates to targets per game, which there's 10.5 targets a game. So let's say that, you know, five of those go five to six of those go to Jamison Crowder one to two of those go to Dawson Knox and three to four of those go to Gabe Davis. I mean, that's still the increases that I'm talking about for Knox and in Davis, right? You just got to frame it up. Right. I think most people expect Davis to jump jump more, but framing that upright with still a good amount of Jamison Crowder involved it, you know, Five to six targets a game out of the slot. I think that uh, I'm just saying I think that's viable, and you don't need a huge jump for Dawson Knox to jump into that Dalton Schultz range of of tight end, especially with his touchdown upside. And that's the difference between what was Schultz tight end five, tight end six, something like that last year. Yeah, and just, tight end. I, I want to say and, it it yeah. That's the difference between tight end five and tight end twelve, basically.
1: Yeah, it's it, it just the way I see it is because, you know, Buffalo's got a top five passing offense mm-hmm. and the offense didn't really improve all that much. And Knox still only commanded 13%. So yes, increasing targets may happen, but you know, and that's also not to mention what, what Buffalo may do in the draft. Um, you know, they made up, you know, in adding another receiver in, day, I don't think day one, but I think day two is within question. So. Yeah, it'll I think, be interesting. The draft's gonna it's gonna change a lot of stuff up too. Excuse and I'd be it.
0: surprised if they put significant draft capital there instead of into you know they got Mitch Morse from Kansas City, uh, but and Roger Saffold. I was gonna say they probably need to do some things along the line. Um, we know that they need a running back because signing Duke. Yeah, but they're Johnson smart enough not it. to take one that high. No, they like, they won't I take know we one all
1: need. want to see Brees Hall, but I don't think Hall is right. going
0: there. No, they won't take one high, but you look third, fourth round, I wouldn't expect them to take a wide receiver that high either. I'd expect them to potentially go defense. I know they just signed Miller, but you know, a little older there. Need Definitely needs could solidify yeah. the secondary a little bit.
1: And I guess Edge is very deep this year, so it just yeah. it, it's all going to depend like Oh, yeah. AFC, see, there's, there's a lot of improvement in offense in the AFC. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just wouldn't be shocked if Buffalo took a stab at one of these receivers in round two, round three that could shake up again. You know, this receiver, like Diggs is the only one that feel like it's going to be fine no matter what. But I think you're
0: going to see some
1: potential, you know, uh, <laughs> shake up here after the draft.
0: Well, we'll see after the draft, but I really yes. don't think Buffalo is going to shake up all that much. I think we're on different sides of that coin. I don't think Buffalo is going to do anything that's going to make you go back and reevaluate this offense. And I don't know if that there's a not having dug super deep into the wide receiver class. I don't know if there's somebody you take day two, day three, and I immediately look at them. And I'm like, yep, they're better than Gabe Davis and Jameson Crowder. So,
1: I mean, I think there's enough receivers that are. It just depends if- if Buffalo pulls that trigger, I don't, I'm don't i not as highly on Gabe Davis as you are. That's also, you that's know, well documented. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm also but Crowder. Think, I, I'm pumped to see. I love him. In I, I think he's I actually think I'm being a little year. more
0: realistic on Gabe Davis than most of the community is, though, too. I think most people expect Gabe Davis to go out there and command like 80 percent of those 180 vacated targets. And I don't think that's the case.
1: I mean, the fact that he's been sub 11% in his first two years, like him to jump even to 15% is still pretty incredible. And I think that's going to be enough to still make him, he's still viable for fantasy. Like no one's telling you he's not. It's all based again. As soon as we get redraft ADP, a lot of stuff is going to get readjusted anyways. Cause we have to, it's all about finding value and not, you know, reaching on certain
0: players. Yep. Oh, by the way, that comparison gave uh, Cole Beasley 5'8, 177.
1: McKenzie, I think, is 5'7, seven, seven, one Yeah. Same,
0: damn near same BMI, damn near same size. McKenzie, whole lot more athletic. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of Dalton Schultz, one year deal worth the value of the franchise tag with Dallas. I don't think we need to argue about this one. I think that we Dalton don't need Fultz to argue. No, no, be no right where bench. he was. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He's, he's, he's locked in a no Cooper there too. Uh,
0: yeah. I just have knocks of that tier. So, uh, <laughs> and probably Fryer they're like the sweet spot of tight end for me. I almost, I would, it's close.
1: Eagles signs. I'd like Dalton Schultz a lot more.
0: Yeah. Eagles sign Zach Paschal to a one year deal. It's only relevant because it's the Eagles and they need something other than Devonta Smith. <laughs> oh my God! Bye, bye, Jalen
1: Rager. Way to be supplanted by Zach Biscail and his veteran leadership. What are the
0: Colts gonna do now? Colts uh, are actually a place that I think. Oh, I expect the Colts. Oh, yeah. I expect them to go wide receiver at some point. With I like Pittman, I like Ty. They still have a giant, giant holes behind them. Paris Campbell, we like to. Liked, just like he's
1: can't be healthy. It. I mean, I, I'm not super pumped. Yeah, I mean, oh, he's been hurt, and, and now they're in year four.
0: They're another one that could go depth. We'll talk about that more next week when we uh, show teaser. When we have uh, Emily Lefko from the Fantasy Six Pack on, we'll be uh, and Dynasty and Dynasties Nerds. Dynasty yep. Nerds. Yeah. we'll be talking uh, what teams still need as we Excited. have draft season. That'd be a fun episode. It will be a fun episode. Treadwell back to the Jags on a one year deal. Saints bring back Jameis Winston, two-year deal worth twenty-eight million. You should have Michael Thomas to actually throw to this year, and who else remains to be seen? But they get their bridge quarterback in. I like
1: this for, uh, for really everything. You get the continuation with Tua or Tua, woo, 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 with Winston, even though Sean Payton's gone. You get Michael Thomas. We'll see what happens to Kamara, but we've heard absolutely nothing on that front for the last month or so, um, which isn't shocking at all. Yeah. Again, you're not great. There's really no other option at receiver. Uh Traquan's in his final year, I believe. I know. I don't know. He may not be brought back. I'm not sure. Traquan's a free agent. He's a free agent. He was a free agent. That's right. Um and there's been no other real 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 things added here. Trotman's still there, but it's Yeah. I mean, It's going to be a bad I mean, offense still. It's a bad I, offense, I like, and they did It's didn't. still going to be a bad offense, even with Winston. And
0: they haven't made any moves to quick fix anything. So it's still going to be a bad offense, but they get their bridge quarterback. Um, speaking of bridge quarterbacks, this isn't a bridge quarterback. Colts acquired Matt Ryan from the Falcons, 2022 third rounder on that one. Um, it's a steal. No, I, I agree with you. It is a complete steal. Colts get a quarterback that we know is still capable of playing at a higher level uh that didn't have much anything around him after Ridley left the team last year other than Pitts and Pitts was completely fine. Um goes into a Colts offense where one, uh he won't have to throw six hundred and fifty times <laughs> because of Jonathan Taylor. And two, you know, he gets a receiver in Michael Pittman. He gets you know, We might get to see a little bit of a T.Y. Hilton resurgence. We're going to find out if T.Y. Hilton has anything left if you're thinking about Flyers because Matt Ryan will be able to hit him downfield. So we're going to learn because Rivers man. couldn't and Wentz is Wentz. We're going to learn if T.Y. Hilton has got anything left. Um, but Matt Ryan, I it's a boost for Colts pass catchers, I think. Um, should allow them uh, to be a little more balanced. T.Y. is a free agent. Uh, Colts, I know, are interested in bringing him back. Okay, so is where as
1: of from. right now, it's Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell,
0: Oof. and, and that, whoever they. Draft. That's kind of it. Yeah, Ash and Doolin,
1: draft. whoever they decide the draft, whatever else they decide they to do. I don't know. From a floor standpoint, this is great. Like he's he's going to, he's not going to pull Wentz in a bad way. I don't know if he'll yeah. have the blow up games that Wentz had. That's going to make this offense go super boom. Ryan's just old, and I don't think his arm is quite you know quite as it once was. Definitely good enough, and definitely more consistent enough, and definitely way more accurate. Yeah, and I think they're going to have to end up throwing more than we probably think because this is still like this is how dominant the AFC is. Well, the AFC South kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah, and they got a good defense, but um, the improvement in these offenses across the board in that conference is. There's going to be some nice games for him.
0: They have an okay defense, but it's not one that's going to be totally locked down. I think that the proper placement for Matt Ryan is if you're a competing team in a Superflex Dynasty League, he's a good foundational quarterback
1: too. Oh yeah, absolutely. He should be he should be
0: on your roster, and and he's somebody that you trade for if you're a competing Superflex team because he's a good foundational quarterback too, and is going into a much better situation. Good O line, um, just a much better situation for Matt Ryan. So. Uh, the flip side of that is that the Falcons signed Marcus Mariota at a really low dollar um in my opinion, bridge quarterback deal. So Mariota right now looking like he will get another shot at starting two year deals, effectively a one year deal, which just six point seven million. Twelve million yeah. option for twenty
1: twenty three. So it it's gonna be the Kyle Pitts show.
0: Elena's like,
1: right, going receiver early. We all know that. They have but. to. They have to, right? It like, doesn't... but it's it Pitts. We saw what what Mariota was able to accomplish with Delaney Walker way back mm-hmm. in the day. Now he gets one of the most athletically gifted tight ends we've ever seen in an offense was with, with literally fucking nothing else there. No really, suspended. Gage is gone. They're not.
0: They're not. They're not going to well be able to court any other
1: veterans to come there, right? It's it's it's, it's yeah. You're not going to see. The other fucking guys, they're doing it. It's, it's all pits. Until they draft
0: somebody, it's all pits. And, it, and it's still probably going to still be all pits. <laughs> yeah. and yeah, I do, It's going to be some ugly games this year. I do expect oh them to draft somebody, and whoever they draft is going to be somebody you want to target because of opportunity alone. Think Amon Ross St. Brown, who wasn't someone super highly regarded, but landed in a spot where there was opportunity and made the most of it. Same type of thing here. Yeah, I mean, God. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Gonna yep. be ugly, but I am excited ugly. to see guys like Mariota and Trubisky and some of those guys get that haven't gotten a second crack at starting yet, get a second crack at starting after, you know, backing up in a couple places and, you know, Mariota even more so having a few more years to develop behind somebody than, you know, even Trubisky had. I, I'm excited to see them get to go into different offenses in different locations and see what happens with that.
1: I, I do feel for Mira a little bit because, I mean, there's absolutely no way that he is going to be successful there from a team standpoint. Well, like
0: he just has to look good. It he is I the bridge. Looks like. He, he yeah. just has to make himself look like he's a viable bridge quarterback for the rest of his career, and you can make a living out of two-year deals. As Fitzpatrick. He might be the new Tyrod, right? Yeah, that's Tyrod. He's,
1: he's so hyper-athletic. And he's still probably good enough and smart enough to be able to play the
0: position for a long time. And yeah, to, you can make success in that. You can. Uh, Charger has signed Gerald Everett to your deal worth $12 million. So, um, you know, not a bad spot for Everett. He, I, I like it. He's going to be in that mix of ugly tight ends that you can grab and go with. I like it as well because, I mean, for the Chargers, it's Keenan Allen and then. Mike Williams makes you think he's going to be good for a little bit and disappears every year, so he's going to get some work. Jared Cook had 80-plus targets last season, so Everett should be utilized. Hit on par if you were um, expecting that to be a huge thing, but <laughs> no, I like it. It gives a, a decent weapon to, to um, Herbert and another opportunity to Everett, and two-year $12 million is... I mean, it's below that tier one tight end money we've been seeing, but it's still pretty okay money. And he's still an hyper athlete for the position, 86 yep.
1: percentile spark score. Still relatively uh, young, too, I think. He is 20. He'll be 28 when the season starts. So eh. at that prime tight end age, which which yeah. is still fine. You know, 460, 40, 74th percentile speed score. He's going to work to seem Obviously, a, a pretty decent upgrade over, you know, over old man jared cook yeah and he's gonna he's, he's gonna have mismatches all day and he gets one of the most aggressive quarterbacks in the nfl yep and, and not a lot of wear and tear they're on gonna throw either. the ball a fucking shit ton too so yeah
0: uh bingles sign Lyle collins so the Bengals have now signed collins ted Karras, <sighs> and alex kappa to improve <laughs> their <laughs> offensive line next to i believe jonah williams so uh, that offensive line is a bajillion times better than it was. Dude, that offense, that offense like, is ready to go. The
1: Bengals are going to have the best offense in the NFL this year. It's not. It's, it's, it's not a high take. It's been
0: stated a couple of times. They like, signed and it's all because they signed Stanley Morgan Jr. to a new two-year deal. <laughs> he, used to, he used to glue the holes to ship together, man. No. He is to playing. That offense is going to be fantastic. Solidifying oh, so the offensive line. No that, that does great things for Joe Mixon. Also, Joe Burrow, who now has even more time to throw. Ugh. But It's going to be like imagine what we got
1: at the end of last year, but Burrow not taking sacks and having time to let players. Which is what killed him in the with, Super Bowl. Yeah. It's, oh, my God. It's going to be so much fun. Damn. If you're a Bengals fan. Living, they there
0: had a need and they addressed it. Now go take down, go do the defense thing, because they had a need and I'll they addressed dress. it. And I'm
1: here for yep. it. Absolutely.
0: All right, let's hit a beer review and then we'll get to the back half of these, which is a little Sweet. more than half, but a lot smaller things. Beer review.
1: again drinking odd sides rye hipster bridge bridge brunch stout imperial stout with rye malt aged and rye whiskey barrels with coffee bacon and maple syrup uh for a beer that's got a lot of sweetness that should have a lot of sweetness to it with the maple syrup the rye malts with with the heavier chocolate uh you know tone to it. It, it. It's the bacon really helps bring out the smokiness, which kind of helps soften the entire mouthfeel as a whole. It doesn't feel overly rich like you can get in beers like this, especially when you start adding already sweet adjuncts to it. um I have stated when we talked about the beer during the preview that this is one of my favorite barrel aged yeah, a, a beer is out there, and this is the main reason why. It, it, it's you get you get you know the dry or. A, the more of that bitter balance from the coffee, you know, from the smoke balance from the bacon. And then you get all the sweetness from the maple syrup and the rye malts and all this shit that gets pulled out of that. And it just really creates a, a, a very well done barrel aged beer where if you didn't know that there was adjuncts added to this, you probably wouldn't be able to pick most of it out. That's just, it's, it's well put together. Um, you know, and even for some of the more beer snobs, you can still have some fun, you know, pointing out some of the taste that, you know, that comes through from the chocolate forwardness to the smokiness throughout, you know, the mouthfeel. And then, you know, as right as you swallow it, and then you get the nice little um, maple uh, finish to it. It's very well done.
0: Cool. As a reminder, I'm drinking Rue Keller Dunkel from uh, the brewery. It's a Bavarian style Dunkel. Yeah. Um, so working through this a little bit from a BJCP perspective aroma should have moderate to high malt richness like toasted bread crust with hints of chocolate nuts caramel or toffee fresh traditional versions often show higher levels of chocolate the malt character is more malty rich than sugary or caramely sweet clean fermentation profile with a light spicy floral or herbal hop aroma Um, in this case um, the toasted notes are definitely there um, the caramel notes are definitely there on the nose, but, uh, I do think that it does have a little bit of that, that sweet note to it. And it's kind of the same thing for the taste. Again, this is supposed to be toastier, breadier, not overly roasted, um, with not a lot of caramely or toffee like sweetness. And it's pretty, it's what I would consider to be relatively strongly sweet on the back end. Um, so, while it's a good drinking beer, and it's something that I quite enjoy because the malt sweetness is absolutely there, I think what I'm looking for in a dunkel is definitely a little bit more bready and toasty than sweet. And this one definitely hits on the kind of the toffee, caramely, like the sweet side of that a little more so than I think it should. It's still a good beer. It's still very drinkable. I don't want to take that away from them. Um, it's a little more... Yeah, it's just a little more caramelly than what I typically want out of a dunkel. Well, that's about all. Sounds good. It is it's good. Gonna be what, it's a good beer. What, medium-ish body. It'd medium delight. Medium. It's very yeah. Drink, it's very drinkable from a body perspective. I just think that you know the sweetness makes it a little bit less so. Um, a little bit more bitterness than I'd expect too. Uh, but like I said, it's it is very drinkable. It's it's pleasant tasting. If I'm just rating it on how it tastes. It's very good. If I'm rating it on the fact that it's a dunkle, a little bit more towards the sweet side than what I'd expect. So. All right. Bring it back. Seahawks were signed Rashad Penny. One year deal, 5.75 million. So right back with the Chris Carson recovery. And we'll see. Uh, both have the potential to be back end ones and, or twos, depending on split in health, which is not a guarantee for either guy. So, (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Titans acquired Robert Woods from the Rams in exchange for a 2023 sixth-round pick after releasing Julio Jones. So Woods goes to an offense that is not high volume in the passing game, which kind of drops him into probably wide receiver three range for me given the fact that he's going to have to rely on on deep shots basically and coming off of injury.
1: Yeah. You know, as you just said, he's returning from his ACL injury, lower volume offense. um, It's a great NFL move. This is an absolutely perfect receiver to pair alongside AJ Brown. That for not an expensive price. Yeah. He's six round pick for a guy that's going to start and give you a lot of snaps when he's healthy
0: and by all accounts, great locker room guy too.
1: It's it, a locker is one of the best run blockers for Derrick Henry. So you get a, you, you know, you'll get a wide out that can help open up the seams on the outside on, on that second level. Um, great move. I don't know how much that's going to translate to fantasy production. I'm not bullish on Woods at all. Um, Mm-mm. and he's getting old. I think he's, I think he's in the 30 range now. Um, great football move. Not moving the needle for me at all for fantasy. No, nope. I'm blasted.
0: Packers, uh, one-year deal for Robert Tunyon. <laughs> who knows? Josiah there's DeGuarra nothing was, there. Like No, there's nothing there.
1: And they've never drafted a first-round receiver in Rodgers' era, and it's been since the late, yep. or I, I think the early teens, since so they spent the day two on a receiver. So
0: I <sighs> who knows? Ramside Matthew Stafford, four-year deal with $160 million. He should finish his career there. Yeah, as he should. Falcons signed Cordero Patterson, two-year deal, $10.5 million. He will be the other part of that offense.
1: I, I, maybe. It's
0: worth he a He was a Finn last
1: year. We'll see uh, We'll see how they want to utilize him again.
0: We'll see what was, they do uh, at the running back position, too. I think most of us expect them to try to solidify that as well. Um, they I don't know did, what they're going to do. Well, they did also sign Damian Williams, so <laughs> get ready for that hype train. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Mike Davis still there. Woo! Yay.
1: they should just punt the year I wouldn't even take if I were them I wouldn't even waste a pick on a running
0: back let's be real Cowboys sent no J- James Washington to a one year deal Um, he's the three right now he's the deep threat to replace Cedric Wilson yep high volume offense again we'll see what they do in the draft before we settle on what to do with that
1: yeah right absolutely
0: uh, Boston Scott back to the Eagles on a one-year deal has been okay in pinch hit duty. Uh, Kansas City signed Juju Smith-Schuster to a one-year deal, $10.75 million, and then traded Tyreek Hill. Juju's the one in Kansas City right now. And what's
1: what's great about this is, is that I think there's going to be a lot of fantasy gamers that are going to look back at his final two years in Pittsburgh and see the highest slot percentage, and they're going to kind of ignore what he was in 2018, the last year that, that Pittsburgh where really he put that offense together when he was alongside AB. I think Juju... I think it's going to bump Juju to the outside in that pure flanker role. You get a massive improvement in quarterback. I mean, his value shot up immensely. And it should have. And, huh? and, it, and it absolutely should. I'm very interested to see how this all plays out. It is a one-year deal, though, right? If, yeah, if it and doesn't, that's... That's He's, a knock
0: for dynasty is it's only a yeah. one year deal for redraft. It'll all be ADP based. Cause like you said earlier, you're just looking for value there. Yeah. I, I think
1: Juju is going to land in a nice ADP zone. I think people are going to over, they're going to kind of overestimate what his role is going to be. And again, they have picked 29 and pick 30 in the first round this year. Again, we expect Kansas city to not do what they did. didn't do in 2020 and, overlook the the hyper talented receiving room in this draft so i i do expect them again to take a receiver at some point in the top end of that draft also adding pick 50 i believe too so they have four picks yeah you know in those first two rounds and i i fully expect at least one of them to be a receiver i do
0: too i do too but even if Juju's in a secondary role. I still like it in that offense. So he might, it I, might I'm, be
1: a 1A, 1B. B. I, I. I. it could, could be love this move. Depends and on I, what I, they do.
0: I am pretty all in on this one though.
1: Yeah. I don't think you even have to go too bullish with it. Even in dynasty, you know, you know, with those trades. No, like, I, I think, I, I mean, people, again, as we get closer to the rookie or, you know, to the NFL draft and to rookie draft starting, people are going to love those picks. Probably get Juju for still a decent amount.
0: All right, another big move. Browns acquired sex offender Deshaun Watson. Thank you. And a fifth round pick from the Texans in exchange for three first, a third, and a fourth. Um, there were some later adjustments on that compensation. I think it went to like a. There's another fourth round pick. Yeah.
1: And it's their first. It's their first three round picks, or it's their
0: first round picks in the next three years. Uh, signed a restructured five year deal. After that, so all guaranteed. Personal stuff aside, huge price to pay. Right move from a pure talent perspective.
1: Yeah, I, I I do like Cleveland. The fact that Cleveland didn't have to give up any players in this deal is probably one of the biggest wins here. It's all it's it, it's a Rams type of move. Um in a very loaded afc uh conference that had added wilson a week later not even a week later so personal feelings aside sexual predator sean watson it, it helps this it, it helps cleveland as a whole it helps everything there they also added amari cooper which we talked about last week yep uh this is a, a this is a massive improvement and in a our, good roster stays good, especially on defense as they get a, a bit older and especially a bit with
0: Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's a good o- offense stays good. The AFC stays fun.
1: Watson's not going to. He will be. There will be some games missed. We just don't know yeah. what the length from is from a human right now.
0: And that's why they're holding on to Baker and haven't moved him and aren't. There's so many on rumors that. on that yeah. too.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's it's stemming from. They tanked Baker's value. Cleveland fucked this up from trying to move Baker's standpoint.
0: Oh, yeah, they did, because now you've got a backup quarterback you're trying to trade, and you're also... It's kind of like Matt Ryan really to the Colts and why his value was so low is he felt kind of like the last domino to fall here. Yeah. Because now you're looking at what Baker and Gardner Minju and Jimmy Garoppolo are the three... potentially maybe Derek Carr, although there haven't been rumors there. Raiders are now trying to work on extension with him. He's not going anywhere after the Adams signing. More on that in a minute. But, I mean, you're basically now at a level where you're the draft class, Gardner Minshew, and Baker Mayfield are your available quarterbacks, and you're running out of teams that, that need a quarterback for this season, right? You're basically a what the Giants may need somebody to challenge Daniel Jones and uh, the Seattle Panthers and Carolina B2. and Seattle has drew lock who apparently Carol likes and, and even then you know is Baker better than lock yeah probably but if they were high on drew lock do you need to go in a rebuild surrender draft capital to get Baker Mayfield and the answer is no, not if you like no. what you see in Drew Locke. You see what you got there, so it's really Carolina, and, and they're not. In,
1: and it's been reported that they're not interested in
0: Baker. Right. Well, it was Houston too. You'd figure that would have mm-hmm. been one of the best places you could have sent Baker. So, did they offer to Houston Bach? How did that go down? It's probably we know that Cleveland
1: probably values Baker higher than what they what they're probably going to get in return. Yeah. I I, if, I I do expect them to be moved. Will there be on draft day? Will there be before? I I find it hard to believe that a Cleveland team that's that's probably strapped to the T for you know from a you know from a salary cap standpoint they want to try to they want to retain Baker. Baker probably won't even play
0: if if they keep him. He's just not going to play. Well, and I don't know who trades for him right now. Right? I mean. It could be a mid-season deal where you have an injury happen to a competing team or something like that, where you have to go get him. But I don't know who's going to give Cleveland any form of a price for him. Right, right now, as I run up and down this list of teams, you know, he already wasn't included in the deal to Houston, so it's Carolina and you know maybe the Giants and nobody else. And he may have to be
1: a backup. He may go to a place where. It's kind of shocking, you know. I know you know Pittsburgh just brought in Trubisky, but you know they could you know one of these teams missed out on the quarterback they want in the draft. They you know maybe they pony up you know for Baker and he gets you know any whatever team moves their second round pick for him. Mm -hmm. So might that could happen?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean it's it's that or like I said, you end up with. After this major shuffling, you end up with an injury somewhere. And that's yeah. you end up with an Maybe injury somewhere that needs somebody out. for this year because Cleveland didn't pick up Baker's fifth year option. Did?
1: No, no they had to. He's okay. his fifth year is this year.
0: Okay. So he's on a prove it deal, right? So he's not extended. Yeah. So somebody gets hurt mid season, he gets flipped to them for a one year deal to go show what he has. It doesn't matter if they have a quarterback on a long-term deal or not, and that's probably the most likely scenario. Yeah, yeah, the, it,
1: it, yeah, it's going to be you know it's mid-season, beginning of preseason, like you saw with you know with
0: after he Raptors, plays with a ship on his short- shoulder while Watson suspended and creates a quarterback controversy.
1: I can't. I, 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 if Baker ends up playing there and they go undefeated through that stretch,
0: it's going to be fun. I
1: want Cleveland to suffer. Fuck them. I do, too.
0: Sorry. Fuck him. Yeah, you dealt out that contract. Pay for it. Let's. Yeah. Let, I, put a lot of personal thought aside. My, my favorite him. scenario here is that Watson gets suspended for 68 games. Baker balls out during those 68 games, and then they have to make a decision.
1: No, because they're still going to get draft capital. Yeah. No. I want Watson to be suspended for no less than a year, which you won't get. It, sadly, it won't happen. But, Not with the criminal um, charges. It won't be. It should be, but it won't. I mean, it should be indefinitely. It won't be. And then Baker goes to his new team and Drew breezes it up, gets the Super Bowl, and Cleveland doesn't get a fucking thing in return. They get absolutely nothing. And then stacked AFC conference. Watson gives them nothing. It'd be, it'd be poetic justice.
0: Barely. Uh Watson for Dynasty. Still top five quarterback. I mean,
1: he's in, he's, he's probably, in, he's probably still in that top tier. I mean, yeah. that top tier is very, very strong. Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen, Herbert, Burrow, Jackson, Murray. And then Watson's ability, sadly enough, puts him there. You get guys like Dak, Jalen Hurts, if he balls out, you know, maybe gets to that point, especially if he gets right. ascended. I mean, it's it's he it's gonna he's a part of that strong ahead. he's a part he's
0: probably tier one tier two, yeah, yeah. DJ Moore three year sixty one point nine million extension he gets paid bad spot to do it uh, until there's some you know clarity at quarterback and <sighs> maybe some head coaching changes so um, it doesn't change anything for DJ Moore the extension doesn't so we don't need to riff on it a whole lot just no oh, no it's I'm glad he got paid. Kills any hope for a scenery change. Yep. Raiders acquired Devontae Adams from the Packers for 2022 first first and second round picks. Uh, He was offered the same or more money, depending on whose report you read, uh, but wanted to play with Carr, his old college quarterback, and fulfill a lifelong dream of playing for the Raiders, quote-unquote. Rodgers was said to know about this situation, per Ian Rappaport, and had accepted it even though he didn't like it. Uh, the current Green Bay roster is Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, and something called the Jawan Winfrey under contract. <laughs> Woof! Two so, first round picks for for
1: uh, uh for Green Bay. They'll get somebody, but you should probably talk about which Adam talk- to the Raiders.
0: Yeah. Um, <sighs> Do you like him more? And the answer no is probably easy. No, absolutely no. No, I don't. Do you like it? So it's how much less do you like him? And I think the answer there is probably drops a tier. Drops a tier. I don't think it, the bottom falls out of it, but. Oh, no, no. Yeah. But dropping a tier is probably reasonable, though. Yeah. I think he drops a tier just because overall you take, it's a quarterback downgrade. Regardless how you feel about Rodgers, it's a quarterback downgrade. Yep. Um, to a team that's just overall not had the same level of success.
1: That and you get. I mean, he's he's got far better competition. His, I mean, yeah. he hasn't played with Derek Carr since college. That was yeah. eight years ago. Yep. I mean, there's there's gonna be some you know some chemistry being built. The offense isn't built to feature him. Waller's no. still there, and Hunter Renfro is still there. Is still there. Uh, those guys are gonna take a bit of a the hit. They're gonna they're gonna try to you know feed Adams, but Derek Carr isn't Aaron fucking Rodgers. He's going to get targeted a lot, but the target quality is going to dip. Mm-hmm. The offensive output is going to dip even in a high scoring division. Well, and he moves a tier, and he's probably not going to, he's probably going to be fine from an ADP pants. No sample. I think people are going to recognize that just fine.
0: Yeah. McDaniels isn't built to feature top wide receivers either. Like you take the offensive change there You know, it wasn't built to feature him under the old regime. It's not really built to feature him in the new regime either. McDaniels has not been a coordinator that's featured top-end wide receivers necessarily. So It's going to be uh,
1: a great personal move for him. But from a career, you
0: know, statistical standpoint. And a dynasty standpoint.
1: Well, yeah, dynasty for us, for him, like, he's going to have to live with the idea that... He may not make the
0: playoffs every year. I'll put it to you and, this way. This is Hopkins to Arizona. It's up worse. It's
1: a kind little of. worse. Yeah, no, no I, not, I think not it's much worse. worse. I think
0: it's pretty close because Hopkins went from being the guy with massive target volume. And we said that the bottom wouldn't fall out, but it dropped him from, I remember what we said then, which was the bottom wouldn't fall out, but it drops him from elite tier Cause he's not going to be the only mouth to feed. Um, Yes, it was a quarterback upgrade, but it was well, also probably, a defensive it upgrade. Was, and I think that it's kind of the same thing for Adams, not for the same reasons, but it drops him a tier. You have more mouths to feed. He's not the only dog and pony show in town. And I mean, yeah,
1: Hopkins. Hopkins. He had more targets in his first year than Arizona than his last year in Houston. Obviously, his last year. I mean. Watson was still playing more points per game. He, I mean, it, 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 the change was lateral and the expectation was how we'd normally see with quarterbacks is a drop in chemistry, just a drop in overall production. Cause you can't understand just how important it is from a, a chemistry standpoint between your quarterback and your receiver. And just looking at his baseline numbers, things didn't change much. It felt different at times, but it, it, I still think the competition for Adams is probably going to be greater. Hopkins had to just compete against Kurt because green wasn't there yet. Obviously they didn't bring in Zach hurts. They still had what Max Williams at tight end. I think then. Yeah. And it it was, it was them. Like the Cardinals went out and got Murray, his number one target. It was great for that year. Then injuries occurred injuries to Murray occurred that year too. Um, I think if if Adams can do what Hopkins did that year, I think we'll be very happy. You know, fourteen hundred yards and six touchdowns on hundred and sixty targets. I think
0: we'll be happy. Yeah, and and, well, I mean, let me let me. He might be right. It's what he might we thought Devonte. He may what we get there. Thought DeAndre Hopkins was gonna be. Yeah, I feel he may get. Way. To,
1: he may get there too. Like he's still Devonte Adams. He's still a very good receiver, but you can't expect as much. Like you just talked about with Hopkins, like the expectations is going to be, we have to lower the expectations
0: for his fantasy output this year. Yeah. And so Amari Cooper's last year, I want to look at that real quick.
1: Oh God, he's, I think his highest target share was 23. He was only 20% or lower in Dallas, which is pretty incredible for
0: the one lone year when he was the lone wolf there. Well let's see Amari Cooper's last year in Vegas. Oops. Not Amari Rogers. Yeah, ninety six, one thirty two, one thirty. And I'm just looking at that because I mean that's gonna be the, the closest thing cars had to an alpha. And yeah. it's a Thirty to forty target drop. So I mean, split the difference. You're still probably looking twenty to thirty fewer targets. So
1: I'll say this: I think we, I think you and I are both probably not going to have a lot of Adams on our roster. No, I, I still think he's going to get over. He's still going to get drafted. He's probably still first round pick for a lot of
0: people.
1: I think he will be. Still. in redrafts.
0: It's just yeah. not going to. It's just more near the end now.
1: Yeah, I, I, am not going to be pushing the button too much on him. Yeah, if at all.
0: And uh, in dynasty. He's a hold at the moment, and you hope he can maintain it, and you can potentially. He's a hold to that. sell. Mm-hmm. I want his first blow up game, and then I want to get if out. I'm
1: not competing. I want to get out. I, I think he's he's not he's not a, a terrible buy low too. If you're a champ team, if if, if you got someone who's that low on him after this deal, it's just. I think most people are going to just stand pat with them. If you have them, you're probably you're probably a contender or at least one that, that you know uh, feels that way.
0: Yeah. And also, it's a 29-year-old wide receiver. You should be looking for a window out of that anyway. So. Absolutely. Yep. Especially at yep. the quarterback downgrade. Absolutely. Uh, I think that might have been the last big thing we have to talk about, running through a few others. Bears signed up with Nemia St. Brown. One-year deal right now. He would be the two uh, behind Darnell Mooney, which is scary. Bears going receiver top. Top two rounds, yeah, they should. Falcons send Damian Williams to a one-year deal. That's a cluster right now. Rams, Allen Robinson, three-year deal, forty-six point five million. Robert Woods replacement. Uh, look, he's going to have an opportunity to return to where he had been, which is the the back end of wide receiver one, top end of wide receiver two range within this offense. You know, we're going to see if how much of last year was was Robinson the versus the fit. In the situation, what that adjustment looks like, um you know, different player than than Woods, but it, we'll see with with Robinson. I think that you evaluate him the way you would have before last year. Basically, yes,
1: is how I feel about this. That's absolutely that's absolutely right. They're so trying. The Rams are still so trying to figure out if they can bring back Beckham. Mm-hmm. regardless Beckham is going to be hurt for most of next year. Getting injured in the Super Bowl, obviously, and he's a bit older at this point. So recovery may not be as strong. Um, look, it's still a great situation for him. He, he's, he's a good pairing with cup. Is he going to mm-hmm. outperform cup? No, but there's a lot of volume in that offense, a lot of throwing volume potentially. Um, and he's finally happy. Like, yeah, see, we can bitch about him during his final, you know, weeks. With the you know with the Bears, but at this point, like you said, you, um, you have to evaluate them beyond that year and and still look to see some value to him. I'm interested to see where his ADP drops. It's one of the the more it's, it's one of the better wide receiver twos mm-hmm. for you know from a team standpoint for fantasy this year.
0: Yeah, is the wide receiver two from a team standpoint that could end up as a one or a high end two from a fantasy perspective and. You know, it's a high volume offense that's going to pass the football. So he'll have the chance. Paid. He'll have the chance. Yeah. And he got paid. Like he's going to be a two there for, you know, at least a bit of the rest of this window. So, yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, Bengals signed Hayden Hurst, one year deal, CJ Uzama replacement. So that's high powered offense. It's worth noting in a realm of tight ends that aren't
1: great. Yeah, he's in that.
0: Super cluster
1: of, uh, tight ends with limited target volume, but high touch on upside.
0: Yep. That's Knox.
1: Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I had to.
0: And I still, I love Knox. It's even funny. Patriots, Ty Montgomery, two year deal. Don't care. We already talked about Cole Beasley. <laughs> Eagles, GM, Howie Roseman, three year extension through 2025. Curious to me. Um, a lot of people say what a decent job Roseman has done. I just look at him and look at their inability to do. Yeah. Carson Wentz, Jalen hurts and eh, jury's still out on that one, but their inability to do anything substantial at the wide receiver position, uh, anything to maximize miles Sanders ability. Um, and really some of the cap hell that they were in too. I, you know, I don't know that Roseman's done that masterful of a job. I think this is a little I, goodwill from the Super Bowl year stuff.
1: I mean, he's basically basically went all in when he had to. After that, after that Super Bowl run, and then it just it bottomed out. Wentz got hurt. The mm-hmm. offense started to implode. The bad contracts were made even worse.
0: Well, he gave a bunch of. I, I don't blame Roseman. To old people.
1: Yeah. I don't blame Roseman for wanting to do that. Like he he is a slightly more successful Spielman from the bike. It's the same, it was the same era, the same time frame, and both situations really blew up in their faces. I think he's done a pretty good job in getting the team right back to the playoffs. You know, one year absence, even though the NFC East is bad. I mean, I mean, he still struggles to draft certain positions. We'll say that. Um, yeah. And we'll see how the coaching does, you know, next Siriano
0: did Sirianni. a you know, good
1: job, yeah. Sirianni did a good job last year. The mismanagement of Miles Sanders is really uh, not so on him, more so than the coaching staff, or the fact that maybe Sanders just maybe isn't as as good as we're as we're wanting to be, even
0: though he's always looked good. I don't know, but it's really the contract situations that yeah, make me yeah, questioning that because that is directly on him, and you know, yeah, some no, of the deals he right gave is. to some guys at the age that they were. Yeah, you know.
1: tuckered into the run, right? He, he did. I mean,
0: and it I mean, we're light. watching the Rams do it right now,
1: and if the Rams would have never won a Super Bowl, who knows what would have happened? Like,
0: yeah, it, but the Rams are day. still retooling on the fly too every yeah. year. Whereas, Steve's
1: done a great job with that. I, 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 Sneeze, obviously,
0: yeah. Whereas, yeah. I don't know that Roseman's done such a good job at retooling on the fly while handing out those contracts.
1: So. It was uh it, it was the ability to upgrade from their quarterback position. I think that's gonna be the one thing that we'll see from Philly. If if they decide to keep going with Hertz
0: or if they decide to take a risk on somebody else, but Yeah. Texans re-signed Darius Freeman. That's only notable because they also signed Dare Ogumbawale and their backfield right now is Burke at Ogumbawale and Freeman. So oh it's very really gross.
1: <laughs> Jeez. Right.
0: Oh that's worth. That might be worse than Atlanta. It's pretty terrible. Oh god, that's fucking brutal. Uh, we talked about Godwin Giants NASCAR three. Uh, one, no, sorry, contract undisclosed. Um, he'll be with Kyle Rudolph. Meh. We talked about Mostert earlier on. Tyler Conklin to the Jets three year deal. He'll pair with Uzama. Good in a pinch. Dr. O.J. Howard, Von Miller to the Bills, six years, 120 million. Much larger contract than I thought he would that's get. That's
1: fucking it. insane. He's, he's what, 30 years old? Yeah. And they paid him like he's 24, 25. Yep, they sure did. God, that's gross. I'm, I'm pulling up his contract. I, I got to know what the contract looks like. Cause that is that
0: just. Do they have. Alex? I mean. They gotta have outs on that.
1: They, oh, they absolutely gotta have some outs to this. And it's probably a deal that's more like a three year deal. They try to, you know, squint out every sort of uh, talent they got left there. Uh, Bob Miller. What do we get here? It will make the defense. And Buffalo doesn't have very many holes and they just continue to.
0: They've needed pass rush to, though. So. Yeah. Yep. It helps uh, that. And they can still afford to add another guy. Uh sport track starting to be slow. They're
1: out is after the twenty five season. So essentially uh, or three after years. the twenty four season. So they Two have, they have th- three seasons worth of this deal, which is That's better. About about expected. Um by twenty twenty after twenty four season. Seventeen nearly cash with a seven mil dead cap to it, so their first big, yeah, their first big savings is after the 24th season.
0: And then Austin Hooper, released by the Browns, under with the Titans.
1: Meh. Don't care.
0: Don't care. I That's the show. Thank you guys Thank you. for tuning in. Uh, as a reminder, we'll be here next week. Emily Lefko from the uh, Fantasy Six Pack and Dynasty Nerds joining us. We'll take a look at what t- uh, each team still needs heading into the NFL draft. What we would like to see them solidify. As we begin our draft coverage next week. Um, I believe well it's our last show in March, but anyway, as we begin our draft coverage next week. Uh Beer Fuel the podcast on YouTube, Beerfield on Twitter. I'm at Beerfield Hop with two Ps. He is at Beerfield thir- Beerfield Beerfuel Uh FFaceoff.com is the website as we are part of the faceoff network of podcasts. If you haven't yet, go check out our show with uh super super show and uh ricky fever is again that was a really really fun one we'll look to get some of those guys on again soon ricky fever guys on for the first time i think that'll be a really good conversation to have uh on our show because yes we definitely had some good conversations with those two that was a blast it was a blast uh yeah thank you for tuning in we will catch you next time And now the graphic with the wrong Twitter information, with the wrong social media information on it.